0: Yeah, yo. yeah. Yeah, yeah. la la. Yeah, yeah. This better my money. Y'all should know me well enough. This better have my money. don't call me all my blood.
1: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the Two Beautiful to Live radio show slash podcast. On Saturday mornings, we have a guest on to talk about their relationship with TBTL, play their favorite segment, and hash it over. You just got that one with a guy who sent an overly complicated crush note who now works in a women's prison. But now it's Monday, so here comes a full recap of last week's shows to tide you over until the fresh TBTL gets out of the oven. I am Mike Frizzell, and I can't do this show all by myself, so nearby... No doubt trying to find fresh ways to salt my game with the ladies of LRB <laughs> is senior producer Jeremy Holmes. And as is the new usual, I'm joined on the air by Bobby Papin, Rhode Island. Hey, Bobby. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. And of course, the most perfect 10 I know, Christy Wise. Hello, C-Wise. Hello. We have a jam-packed show uh, this week. There was a lot happening on TBTL. Uh, not all of it, exactly um content related. A lot of it was uh oh we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it when the time comes. Um Christy's corner um just have something quick to ask her about. We'll do the week in review. We'll tell you how to get involved. Christy will keep some house at the end. But here's the thing I need to discuss with you, Christy. This is causing some strife at my home. <laughs> um, You've been causing a problem over here and the problem is you, unlike, uh, every middle-aged lady in, on the planet, you have not watched Catastrophe, or you had not watched Catastrophe until last night. And Catastrophe, for those of you that don't know, is a, it's a comedy, and it was released on Amazon, and it's free with Amazon Prime, by the way. Um, it was a comedy released a, a few months ago, uh, starring Rob Delaney and a woman named Shannon from Ireland. I can't remember her last name right now, but, uh, it is it is something that uh if if you're in the right demographic, it will just bring you to your knees emotionally and I don't know if it's having that having that uh effect on Christy because she she and Jeremy finally gave in to Emily's badgering last night and started <laughs> watching it. Tell me about your experience Christy
2: um about Emily badgering me. She took to Twitter <laughs> to shame me. she listened to this show and when I said i was I had finished Orange is the New Black. She shamed me that I had watched that and not Catastrophe.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, you deserve that.
2: <laughs> I have actually referred people at work to watch Catastrophe, but I had it until I could take her badgering no more. <laughs> but honestly, what it is is that... We normally watch TV upstairs and we can't watch Amazon Prime. So it was a pure laziness that we haven't watched it yet. Um, So we started it last night and it's good.
1: Okay. Well, Jeremy, I was talking to him before and he said that the reason he was hesitant is because he thought because of the title it was like uh, about a natural disaster (laughs) or it was some kind of, yeah, some kind of exploitation flick but uh no rest assured it is not uh and if you are a fella you are going to watch catastrophe uh whether you watch it with her or you watch it later after <laughs> she keeps calling you in the room to tell you that she's crying or she's uh <laughs> laughing or you were going to end up watching it so you might as well sit down with her and watch it i wish i had watched it with emily originally cuz i'm sure we're going to end up watching it together later so that'll mean uh twice for me but it is amazing so it's pretty funny definitely definitely watch out. yeah it's great um i have no idea what you guys are talking about but i will just
3: mention that all 12 seasons of murder she wrote are available on netflix (laughs) and so if you've got a few afternoons to kill and catastrophe is somehow
1: unavailable
3: that's my plug
1: see bobby your soul i'm might be too old to watch catastrophe. You might have, your soul might've aged out of <laughs> catastrophe while your wife actually may be too young for yes. how she, she might not quite be in the demographic. So you might actually dodge it.
3: I think <laughs> well, I'll keep you all posted.
1: Yeah. Uh, we usually do business at this time. We do our LRB business, but Bobby advised me before we started that, uh, the business really happened all week. Um, there's a, there was a lot of interplay between the fans and the show this week. And we sort of want to negotiate our way in and out of it in however we see fit. We didn't want to, um, just rant up front about, um, about song of the summer, uh, controversy because we really felt like we were kind of standing on the sidelines and got dragged into it a little bit. And, we can address that as we go through the week, but, um, unless you all have any objections, we can uh, get into the week and review, I guess.
3: Now, this mm-hmm. whole week is a great explanation in why we can't have nice things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good call. All right. Uh, Monday, 1907. No dignity, no doubt. Uh, Andrew feels gross. He, he diagnoses himself with an ear infection. Um, he is considering going to, uh, an urgent care and, uh, has a very, very, uh, old idea of what that entails. Because if you've been to an urgent care in the last five years, they're, some of them are pretty nice. They're pretty nice. And Veeves is taking care of him. She's doing all the insurance. To me, that's, that's the most important thing that, that a quote unquote spouse or significant other can do for you is when you're not, when you're laid low. They take care of all the details. And it was a sweet story. I like that.
3: Yeah, it's nice to know that in this day and age, you're not going to a MASH-era Battlefield hospital, which is something I think Andrew had in mind. (laughs) Like, that they were just going to be doing triage surgery in the waiting room, and... You know that that gang violence was going to be lined up in front of him, and <laughs> yeah. that he was going to catch something by touching anything there. Um, yeah, I'm glad that he has come into the 21st century of healthcare with the rest of us.
1: With the actual biggest danger is that the valet might move his seat in his car. <laughs> So he gets all, you know, he can't quite get his knees across the steering wheel when when his car comes back and he tips the fiver. That's right. It was a fancy L.A.
3: urgent care center, wasn't it? I think it's like free Botox with every checkup.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, let's see. Luke is feeling Bellingham. Looks like Bellingham will be the destination for Luke. And that's kind of where I thought he'd land all along because I think it checked most of the boxes. Bobby, you're not that familiar with the geography, but, um, but Christy, did you think it would be Bellingham as well?
2: Yes, because Bellingham's awesome and, um, it has an international airport. So that's perfect.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, other selling points, uh, Addy lives there. Yeah. It, it, you can actually – His brother. He can actually drive to – he could drive to SeaTac faster from Bellingham than he ever could from Port Townsend. Right, so. right.
2: I I made that drive Redmond to Bellingham in an hour before. Uh, I bet you did.
3: <laughs> nice. I'm impressed. I don't know what that
1: means, but I'm impressed.
2: <laughs> I'm sure it takes probably an hour and a half normally if you follow the speed sign. yeah.
1: Yeah, it takes about an hour and a half. So, um, so he's up there. He, I mean, off and on, it seems like he's up there a lot. He, they're checking out houses and he is, he stayed in a hotel in Ferndale, the Motel Mm Six, which Bobby sent us pictures of, which is super nice.
2: Super nice.
3: Yeah, I'm okay with hotel rooms not having carpeting, by the way. Um, the less porous surfaces, the better. (laughs) I always make this judgment when I go into a hotel room if the chair, is sort of fabric covered foam or whatever. I, I hesitate to sit in it versus if it's just hard plastic or something. I'm like, oh yeah, uh, you can wipe that down with Clorox wipes. So right. that's okay.
1: Uh, it seems like, um, an ideal hotel room, especially a budget hotel room would be one of those, like, like those, um, toilets that are used in, in big cities now where, you you go in, you use the toilet, and and then you walk out, and the door closes, and the whole thing just oh. gets disinfected, yep. just sprayed down, disinfected. Yeah. Uh, and this hotel room kind of looked like that. Um, Luke snuck his dog in, though.
2: He was pretty <laughs> pretty crafty.
3: A reverse Steve McQueen, and I'm still not entirely sure what that means. As someone who's seen a lot of Steve McQueen, yeah, movies. I don't
2: understand what that meant.
3: No, are they like tunneling section. into the Motel Six.
2: <laughs>
1: no, my my biggest concern because you talked about those hardwood floors is um, the dogs. Dogs don't. Uh, it's hard to hide a dog. It's hard to hide the sound of a dog when you have hardwood floors. That dog. Uh, that dog does a lot of click click clacking <sighs> around. Yeah. Um. So he gets out to the parking lot. Finds out dogs are
3: fine.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: So a
3: lot of wasted energy there. He made a nice uh, adventure for himself though, and he didn't have to confront 60,000 volts. So that's okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other couple things Monday was pretty light for content, but, um, I know Bobby, you were looking out for the stamps.com ad to see if it was, if, if they were doing a bit or if they had joined the 10,000 <laughs> other podcasts. That uh that are sponsored by stamps.com. By the way, welcome to new sponsor stamps.com. If you don't have a digital scale, just go over to your neighbor's house. He probably has a hundred of them. That's so. <laughs> right. If you've ever been wanting to weigh your
3: drugs to find out exactly how much it would cost to mail them across the country <laughs> without having to leave your own home, stamps.com has got you covered.
1: Bobby, you like to mail things. I got something from you yesterday. Thank you very much, by the way. Yeah, I, it, it didn't it on, seem on appropriate car.
3: for me to keep that.
1: Yeah, I'll be putting it on my car. I appreciate it. But you're a guy who likes to mail things. Are you a frequenter of the post office or do you actually have one of these scales? Do you do the stamps.com? So I do not have a stamps.com scale.
3: I've seen them. Uh, I'm sure it's a perfectly fine product. So thank you to all of the podcasts that you sponsor, stamps.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but my day job has a P.O. box uh, at a post office near our office. And so I'm at the post office a few days a week whether or not I want it.
1: Nah, it kind of seems like you want it at this point, buddy. You've really embraced it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm going to save them one awkward
1: package at a time. Yeah. Uh, 100th episode. Steve Nelson comes on for a review. He throws up a, uh, a nominee. Um, anything, do you guys have anything about the, the job review? I think that Steve's more comfortable
3: on TBTL than he was in his previous appearances. He really rolled with the conversation, made some of his own jokes. Um, I've sort of wondered behind the scenes how Infinite Guest is handling having a show like TBTL in their roster now. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like he's really embraced it more. It was a little awkward last time he was on the show.
2: Well, I can't tell. He has such a dry sense of humor that I can't really tell... If he's being serious or not, like even when he told Luke, he kind of scolded him for taking a day off without, without telling them. I can't oh, tell I if think it's that's serious. serious. Oh, you yeah. think it's serious? Think oh, yeah. I serious. But it just seems like that's not the appropriate time to, uh, to, to teach Luke that. Well, <laughs> it's also not the
1: appropriate time for Luke to lay the knowledge on him um, that, that he's skipped a right. day or going to be <laughs> skipping days. So he's sort of forcing S- Steve Nelson's hand when he says, oh, you know, by the way, boss, I'm going to be taking off across the country next week. There might be some guest hosts. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think
3: I think he handled himself well. I think he got a couple of good little, you know, laugh lines in. And um, I think that everyone's getting used to this new relationship. So it's, it's all a good thing. I was wandering around SeaTac while I was listening to this, so I was a little distracted.
1: Well, uh, I think yeah, you're right, Bobby. He is getting more comfortable. He, he'll probably be. I don't know if he'll ever be Steve Newman as far as comfortable and funny on the show, but it was more entertaining this time. That's for sure. Last time he was he was fine, but there was there was that uncomfortable moment when it became um, almost a reprimand, right. And this time, we didn't have that moment, at least. Uh, Andrew, of course, if he was going to be sick, he was going to go through channels, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> Make sure that, that his, his shift was covered and that, that it was actually a sick day. Uh, anything else for Monday, guys?
2: I don't think so.
1: I'm good. All right. Tuesday, 1908. Mm-hmm. Keep your laws off my Splenda. Oh, my God. The Splenda. How many shows have we talked about Splenda? How many shows in the history of TVTL has Luke talked about the Splenda? Jesus. Um, Seattle
2: finally cooled off. Is this right, Christy? Yes. It's actually cold and rainy.
3: Ah, uh, How nice is that? All I had to do was leave. <laughs>
1: well, Bobby always brings the heat. That's you know right. This.
2: It's nice because it's easier to sleep, uh, but yeah. we just came back from our vacation on, in eastern Washington to rain, and so I wish I'd have waited till the week, the weekdays.
1: Mm. Do you find that um, you get along better with people, particularly Jeremy, when when it's not 90 degrees in the house at 11 or midnight?
2: I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Because sometimes it seems like it was a little tense over there.
2: <laughs> I just, I think I just hate everybody. It's not a me and Jeremy right. thing. I think everybody just—he ha- just,
1: just happens to be standing there with no shirt on. Yeah, that's. I the think difference. everyone just.
2: I think everybody in Seattle was just walking around being very hateful and running to air conditioners.
3: I, for one, found a shirtless Jeremy a comforting presence. Just to be clear, <laughs> he kept uh, wanting to,
2: to um. Hug him. They, they kept hugging while they were shirtless. Should I be concerned about that?
1: Oh, man. Not as concerned
3: as you should be about the back massage, though he is very talented. <laughs> I see you're a lucky woman.
2: <laughs> He's never given me a back massage.
1: <laughs> you may want to work on that. All right. Uh, so this is the story, the title. Um, keep your laws off my splenda referred to a story where luke went to a restaurant where they just didn't have artificial sweeteners and the only reason he felt bad about not um, not freaking out about it uh, <clears throat> was because they they didn't have they didn't have any not just they didn't have splenda but the only reason he didn't freak out is because he'd already placed kind of a complicated order but It, it's, I don't, I just don't think you're allowed to freak out over a choice that the restaurant makes because you can go to a different restaurant. You know what I mean? And we'll kind of get into this on a, on a more macro TVTL level (laughs) later. But, uh, but I don't know. It just seems like, um, he's very often feeling entitled to things that, that no one is actually entitled to.
2: Well, especially Splenda. We've already had this fight with the coffee shop by Cairo. Right where he uh, they said we can't just supply every single type of sweetener and i totally right. agree if the he, red
1: the blue the yellow the green the, right.
2: come on guys pick one if you one. if you like splenda then you bring it with you
1: yeah it's like an old person you have a little change purse you know covered by plastic and a rubber band and then you get it out and you just <laughs> you do your old person thing don't exactly. touch my little bottle of agave nectar <laughs> <laughs> right, my little just vial of
2: nectar. I,
1: a droplet of stevia goes a long way guys. Be
3: careful. Sure. I
2: have a little packet of uh truffle salt that I carry with me.
1: <laughs> it's adorable. Embrace it, you know. Don't <laughs> complain.
2: Exactly. If it, that's what he likes, he's had multiple disagreements with people about it, so he needs to bring it with him.
1: Yeah. Uh One of the big stories this week they talked about on two separate days was the Gawker story. And I think we actually talked about it last week, didn't we, Chris? We did. This was like second or third time they were talking about
2: yeah. this deal. Well, it's because Bob, a bunch of people feelings? quit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, talk, we right. talked
3: about it last week in saying that we didn't need to get into a whole journalism ethics story. Mm-hmm. I think the short version, and I'm sure we'll all agree, is uh yes, it's bad for publishers and advertising interests to get in the way of Editorial journalism, Mm -hmm. but uh, perhaps the editors should have picked a more principled story to stand their ground on than outing someone who didn't deserve to be outed.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is the gist of it. Is yeah, this is what you're going to go down over. You know, you're, you're right to call someone a faggot. You know, come on, guys. This is, this is not, it's not dignified. I mean, wait for a, wait for a story where you actually you know, broke something that was worth breaking. Right. Um, let's see. Oh, Oh, Andrew did get to the clinic. We talked about how he Valley parked his car. Um, wow. He, he didn't even want to like pull down his trousers, just the tiniest bit for a shot. He is, he can be such a child sometimes. It's (laughs) so uh, it's like, Oh, I can't eat this. I can't do that. I, I'm afraid of a shot. I, it's perfectly fine to be afraid of getting a shot as a, as a grown person. Especially a grown man. Sorry for the chauvinism, but it's perfectly fine to be afraid, but don't talk about it. Just get the <laughs> shot. <clears throat> this just goes back to a TBTL
3: core principle about having a little vanity. You don't want to right. be that person. Keep yourself together. <laughs> Though, if he hadn't whined about this, we wouldn't have gotten perhaps the one-liner of the week. <laughs> right. Jam that thing
1: through my dockers. <laughs> uh, wasn't it something about uh, in pants uh, pants up through the penis? Some
0: uh, we'll right. have to play
1: this. This right. this has to be the clip. Let's
4: let's play that. The the nurse. I start describing to her my ear infection thing. I'm like, "Isn't that crazy? I've never had like an ear infection in my entire life. I'm 38 years old. Isn't that nuts?" She's like, "No, no, no." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I've never had one. It's crazy." She's like, "No, it just, you know, it just happens sometimes." I'm like, "Okay." And then she leaves and the doctor comes and he's like, "How are you getting an ear infection when you're 38 years old?" Oh, and I was man. like, and I'm like, "That's what I'm saying. Talk to Chris, your nurse, because this seems weird to me." He's like, "Yeah, it's kind of weird." And he looks at me. Um, they end up giving me a shot in the butt. Which I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. But Did I, you ask for a uh, through the pants procedure? Was that an option? No, I texted you from the waiting room or from the doctor's office saying, I'm waiting for a shot in the butt. And you asked me about through the pants. I assumed that you were just joking. No, I mean, I, I well, I've never gotten a shot in my butt. But I would imagine if you're a shy type, which I think you kind of are, you could say, could you guys just like, you know, jam that thing through my dockers? <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I had said GM that thing through my dockers, they would have asked me to find another walk-in clinic. <laughs> Uh, um, we no, have a place in Little <laughs> Armenia, Mr. Walsh, that I think you'll f- find more of your speed. Hey, by the way, jam that thing through my doctor's possible show title. <laughs> Definitely clickbait. Um, uh, so anyway, no, I, I am a little bit shy about that stuff, but I'm also like, hey, you got to be an adult about this. I'm getting a tiny little shot in my rear. How much and it's not even that your, far down. I just, that's what I was going to ask. Like, she was like, just you know, pull your pants down a little bit, You know, just in the okay. one little area near the uh, top of the rear but I told them I'm like listen guys I hate to be a total wiener about this but truth is I a- have the shot in my wiener <laughs> I have <laughs> through the dockers been watching a lot of David Cronenberg <laughs> yeah. and I just would like to experiment with the pain thresholds hair up glasses on through the dockers <laughs> in the wiener uh, <laughs> that's that's what I asked for alright I'm glad we got
1: that corrected <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah, go
3: ahead. I was just going to move on as quickly as possible. We looked back at uh, an early TBTL live show at a Zeke's Pizza February 1st, 2008, and Luke lamented about how awful he thought it must have gone.
2: My one note on this is I'm glad it was the first hour and not the third because we never would have heard it.
3: Well, oh. that would be true. That would be true because of the Infinite Guest archiving right now. However, uh the Little Red Bandwagon research team did post links to all three hours of that show to the Facebook page this week. So if anyone wants to go hear it, and it's not as bad as Luke thought it was. Um, it's not great, but it's not as bad as Luke <laughs> thought it was. All three hours are available. The third hour came to us courtesy of a
1: backdoor into the Cairo archives. Well, I think I think what Luke, um, is experiencing, like, like when he listens back to that and he hears himself struggling, you, I don't think it, it all came across. I don't think the struggle really came across, but when you listen back to something and you know that you were struggling, it is so uncomfortable. Even if you are, in fact, probably pulling it off and he was pulling it off. I don't blame him for just being mortified by it. Because he knows where his headspace was and it, it can be brutal to listen to yourself on tape, especially, yeah. uh, you know, and, it, and it, in, in a situation like that where you're just stuck, it's going to be three hours. You just can't pick up and go. You got to make the most of it. And all these people, you know, they, they just went up in the space needle. They're from Iowa and now they got to listen to you yammer on. That's, that's got to be brutal. The hardest part for
3: me as a listener, uh, seven years later, is that Luke is begging people to come down and get a free slice of pizza <laughs> and it's five years too late.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I remember I was, uh, driving around and I was listening to that show and I wanted to go, but there was some reason I couldn't go. But, uh, I like how it lives in my memory now because yeah, let Luke be uncomfortable. I, I enjoyed the show. Um, they talked about Antiques Roadshow on Tuesday. Do you guys watch that show? Have you ever seen the show?
2: I've, of course I do. I'm aware of it, well, but of, I don't watch it. I'm not 80. Uh,
1: <laughs> my favorite episodes.
3: Well, it's on after. Well, you Murder, have a favorite episode.
2: <laughs> you have a favorite episode of Antiques Roadshow.
3: <laughs> well, it's it's not about the episode. It's about the city they're in, and so the the quality of the things that come in changes. Now, my favorite type of Antiques Roadshow episode. Is that once in a while they do a review, like a best of recap, mm-hmm. and they go back ten years into the archives and re air an episode, and then they re appraise all of those things to tell you if the value went up or went down. Right, and it's sort of, um, it's sort of like a real game show at that point. You sort of drink for the winners and cry for the losers.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a show you want to watch with someone because you sort of have a contest. With them, you know, making guesses on the values and, and stuff like that. And, yes, it is a very old person thing to do. And, yes, I have engaged in this. This show, Antiques Roadshow makes me really angry, though. I don't often get angry, but I get very angry about things like Antique Roadshow, Antiques Roadshow. Because when you look at this show, it's clear that no more than $15 was spent on any episode of this show. <laughs> Yet... How much money it has to make for Mark Wahlberg, the other Mark Wahlberg, and and his ilk. It's amazing. So that as a cheap person and as someone who who knows how to do math, uh this show makes me so angry. I can't even I'm shaking right now, <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> the takeaway from this is that Mark L.
3: Wahlberg, that's an L and no H in the last name is like in his early 50s, meaning that he's got a good decade on Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark Wahlberg, and therefore Mark Wahlberg is the other
1: Mark in pop culture. Okay, so you're saying you're saying that uh, Antiques Roadshow Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg. I'm saying it's age before
3: beauty.
2: Yeah, gotcha. Well, do you know that that hit Mark Wahlberg the whatever? the old one that was a disappointment to me so many times when i'd be searching through the directory and seeing that mark Wahlberg shirtless yeah or mark Wahlberg night standing and standing in front of some indian artifacts and ev- it burned me every single time you think i would have learned but no
3: you're ready for a little um Arousing action sequence or music video, and then you get an elizabethan area curio cabinet. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> but but this particular cabinet has good vibrations. Right. We can feel right. them. Ooh. Is
2: he doing push-ups half naked on top of the cabinet? That's all I need to know. <laughs>
1: oh, you paint quite a picture,
2: Christy. <laughs> Let's
3: give everyone a moment to enjoy that.
1: <sighs> Anything else uh, for Tuesday, guys? I like to take notes of
3: just the quick things that Luke fires off and a couple of funny things that happened to this. First, he referenced something about going to a Kinko's and I just wanted to note the Kinko's hasn't been around for years. <laughs> um, it's FedEx office now. Get with the program. Also, um, a little more uh, radio, uh, consultant lingo. He mentioned something about hitting the hot zips. Yeah. Which I always enjoy.
1: Yeah. The hot zips, um, that's, that's often where your P1s are located. Not always. Sometimes your P1s are outside of the hot zips, but it's best to concentrate just on the hot zips. Hello, Ballard. Hello, Boffle. That's right. If you get, if there's a traffic jam in one of those hot zips, you better break in with it. Yeah. We're looking at you, Linwood. So <laughs> why don't they, I just wonder, why don't Ron and Don just shout out the zip codes instead of the cities? I think uh, that would be more, more intellectually honest.
2: They're the worst <laughs> at that.
1: I know, it's painful.
2: It's painful. They do like
1: 25 different neighborhoods a day. I
0: know.
1: Uh... All right, uh, Wednesday, 1909, the Pinsky of podcasting. Here's where we really get into it. On Monday at the end of the show, I should have mentioned earlier, Monday at the end of the show, they went through a lot of the nominees. They played them. Um, They uh, put up the voting. But by Wednesday, Andrew was steaming over Song of the Summer, uh, basically over what was happening online. Our our good friend Bruce, friend of the show Bruce, had put up some critical comments earlier in the week and then took them down and, and replaced it with a poll about Song of the Summer, like how we feel about it, whether it should stay, go, be different. I can't even remember what the choices were, but that um, even more than the initial criticism made Andrew even matter. And this is about as mad as I've ever heard, Andrew. What, what was your guys' reaction? I heard this. You guys were both a little bit behind. Pape Because you were traveling to, back to Rhode Island and Christie because you were going to Eastern Washington. I was ahead of the curve. I wasn't trying to stir things up with you guys, but I did let you know that this stuff was going on. What was your reaction as this was unfolding? Actually,
3: I think – before we give our reactions, could we do something a little unprecedented for this show? Please. Uh, could we have a second clip of the week? Absolutely. I think I would call this sort of under extreme circumstances. I think before we give our reactions to Andrew's reactions, and we'll also talk a little bit about our role in sort of all of this, which is that we really don't have one. <laughs> uh, let's hear what Andrew
4: had to say about yes.
3: this turn of events with Song of the Summer.
1: Okay.
4: You know, I get really excited about song of the summer because it's one of my it's one of my favorite things. It's one of the things we do best that is actually great two way street between the listeners and us. Like it is completely driven by the listeners. None of these um, were songs that you and I just picked to throw in there. Um, people will write me notes along with the songs and why they think it's the good song of the summer, and I try to read those when possible. And I just I get excited about it. And I'm often introduced to a bunch of music that I have, was not familiar with. And some of it is top forty music. I'm not that into top forty. I just kind of have it in the car. So. It kind of forces me to kind of like you know find out what a lot of people are listening to. And then, of course, you get a bunch of um, sleeper hits that people love and just want to share with you. And I don't know. I just get really excited. And so so you got to, I guess, keep in mind that I'm not maybe the best arbiter of this. Maybe I'm just way too kind of into this and also thin-skinned. But it's just like every year I forget. I get all excited and I'm like, okay, this year I'm going to release a full list of all – 270 nominees or whatever it was. Like, we put a lot of work into it this year, but it's still just kind of like, oh, I can't believe... You know, if such and such isn't in the final 16, then something's going on. Like, it's always this just like... You're always just met with the negativity of people whose songs didn't make the final cut. And then it gets into these weird strands of um, conspiracy almost like, (laughs) oh, something's going on there. And like this one fellow who is always kind of uh, stirring up stuff online decided yesterday he's like, I'm going to put up a poll. Like to me, the song of the summer is over. It's like it's like bacon jokes and mustache jokes and robots and zombies and all that. And uh, maybe that's just me. So I'll just put it to a poll. It's like, OK, that's, that's like a push poll, first of all, to go back to the <laughs> public radio uh, election. Can you get conference. us any push pollers <laughs> to try to fill out the last segment? Because we can only go probably so far with the secretary of state. It's like – so anyway, so this poll is posted on Facebook and it just gives everybody the opportunity just to shit all over it. And like, again, I'm not saying that you have to love Song of the Summer. I'm not saying you have to love everything on this show. Frankly, I was listening back to yesterday's show. I thought you I always enjoy listening to you, Luke, but it's painful for me to listen to myself on the show sometimes. So, I understand like if in the back of your head you're like this show would be better without Walsh. I dig it. I I don't know if you necessarily need to start a poll online about like how you feel about Andrew Walsh's crappiness on the show. And I sort of feel the same way about Song of the Summer. We did one segment on Song of the Summer. What was it? Monday. I mean, you know, it probably went on kind of long because so we played a lot of music. It was 15 minutes long. But it was like one segment at the end of the show. Do you, I actually was looking at a list before of the um, podcasts that aren't doing Song of the Summer contests this year. And it's all of them. It's right. fucking – all of them. Listen yes. to them. When we get to the song of the summer, hit pause on your thing and then go listen to the gist. Like I – there, I love the gist. I listen to that almost every day. He has some recurring segments, Mike Pesca does, that I don't like. I would never set up a poll on Mike Pesca's like the gist fan page being like, I say let's all vote to get this off. I, I just find, as you can tell, I'm pretty worked up about it. I just like – it was a day of every time I picked up my phone, it was another person just taking a big old poof or something that clearly the majority, based on the people who are actually voting, get a kick out of. Something that you and I – that I guess I just take a lot of pride in, have a lot of fun with, and I just think it should be fun. And if it's not fun for you you don't like it, like I just don't understand why you got to just be so negative about it. Just like don't – just skip that 15 minutes and let's all move on with our lives. So clearly he's a little shirty. <laughs> Very
3: quite shirty but i think reasonably so yes um i i know that we have our notes in front of us that we are all sharing on this you know fancy run sheet uh and you guys saw the note that i wrote for wednesday (laughs) which is quite simply three times over everyone needs to calm the fuck sorry aiden down (laughs) just calm down uh I know that we've all been fired up at various points of the week about this, which
1: is impressive for Mike because you don't even like music. <laughs> well, well, and and also I can't afford to get fired up about two things. I, I mean, the Antiques Roadshow thing has me boiling already. So,
3: <laughs> so every year there's a certain amount of backlash to Song of the Summer, but in the past it's always been about it getting started too late. There's always someone complaining that some indie band that you've never heard of didn't make the cut. Uh, people sort of uh, clucking in the background about how this isn't the good music. There's this debate about whether Song of the Summer is what will the big hits be versus what should they be in an ideal, grungy, bearded, fixy bike riding world. And there's never been a great resolution about that, and so that tension's always existed. But this year... I think because everyone feels a little too entitled, it's come to a head with, with hundreds of opinions and it's just left Andrew in such dismay. I don't, nobody's given him credit about how hard he's worked on bringing all of this together and nobody's remembering that it's just one podcast with one segment that's sort of a long standing tradition. And if you like it, that's great. And if you don't
2: turn it off, go listen to the gist that was that was so great he's like i've looked at hundreds of of podcasts and they're not doing the song of the summer go listen to them
3: <laughs> i really enjoyed that yeah um and it's such a great point you know it's going to be over in a few weeks and we're all going to move on sometimes you just have to dance with the podcast that brought you and You know, TVTL does so much great work. I love Song of the Summer, even though I hate a lot of the songs that get in. I think I'm the one of the three of us who actually cares. I actually nominated some stuff. A couple of my songs have made it so far into the brackets. We'll see if they make it through to next week. But, you know, it's just a game. And it's just sort of something to engage the listeners. And as I said earlier, this is why we can't have nice things. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just got to calm down, roll with the process. If you get in, that's great. If you don't. Post your songs to the Stens page. Let us know what you think. We'll all share our thoughts. Do it nicely. Be civil. And
1: remember that Andrew works really hard on this stuff. And I think it's also important to remember that everyone's taste is better than everyone else's taste. My my taste in music is better than yours. Bobby's is better than mine. We all think our taste is better than everyone's. And we're all probably wrong. So let's have a sense of humor about it. Let's not make fun of each other for the kind of music that we like and let, let, let the fools have their tartar sauce in this case is what I say.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I complained about, I don't complain about the song of the summer. I just don't like the constant re evaluating what the rules are and what it should be. And, um, but that's kind of the bit now. I actually, it's the one time a year that I learn about new music because I don't, seek it out myself so i mean that's where i got call me maybe as one of my favorite songs sure yeah we talked about
1: that before you've embarrassed yourself with that song over and over and And over
2: my my theory is now is that and he talked a little bit about people having conspiracies well my conspiracy theory is that um Andrew is trying to get out all of my favorite songs in one fell swoop because he put two of my favorites on the list against each other. So one has to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm very upset yeah. about that. Feels personal, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he's targeting me and I'm a huge well, Andrew supporter.
1: There's there's uh, one issue that we need to address. I know you're probably going to get to it, Bobby, but Um, when the, when this whole thing was jumping off, Andrew was upset and, and it spilled over online. Um, Kelly in Washington, D.C., soon to be of New York, put up a poll, um, just asking people to submit songs that missed the cut, just, you know, so we could all share music. Basically, I think was her intent, you know, people to share the music that they were upset wasn't in or that they would like to, to share with others for Song of the Summer. Um, there was some posting in there about, uh, Negative Town that, uh, that was kind of lumping us in with the Bruce posts and the general negativity about Song of the Summer. And Bobby just explained that we don't really, you know, we don't have a lot of negativity on Song of the Summer. I am going to be putting up a poll on Dreamcatcher. Believe that though. That poll is, is going up. <laughs>
3: Bad Later. segment
1: or the worst
3: segment? <laughs> Those are your two choices. <laughs> Yes, there will be two
0: choices.
1: (laughs) So, uh, so we got lumped into this negativeness and it bothered me a little bit. Um, because I know for a fact Andrew is not upset with us about Song of the Summer. He's not upset with us at all. I, I know this. I know it for a fact. And, you know, if, if people think that.
3: uh, Well, it's hard. Go it, go ahead Bobby it's it of hard for me to say. Yeah, cuz you're getting choked up over there and I understand. <laughs> but it goes it goes above and beyond song of the summer. You know, this show was a project of ours. I mean, I sort of jumped on a little bit later, but the impetus of this show was that we would have these conversations running in the background constantly about our thoughts on the show and our love of Luke and Andrew and and Jen and Sean and all the people who came before and and we're just so invested emotionally, which is why you're crying over there. And that's fine. Get yourself a tissue while I talk.
0: <laughs> you know,
3: we talk like this and then we would share these thoughts with other people and they'd want more and more people had these kind of thoughts. And Little Red Bandwagon was a growth of that very organic thing. We're fans of the show, some of the biggest tens, and and we love almost everything about it. And so we talk about it critically because we want it to be good and we want it to be better and and we're so in the weeds on it you know we wouldn't be in this forest if we didn't love this forest and so anyone who's got any doubt just know uh we love this show more than you and you can never prove it otherwise <laughs> well said
1: well said um all right i guess we move on here um there was a, a top story i think was a study on brooding how <laughs> how negative thoughts uh, feed, feed on themselves and uh, if you live in the city, it tends to make you more of a brooding person and this I guess I, I file this under like Luke's uh, finding out that Jimi Hendrix is cool under the blinding glimpse of the obvious category Andrew's a city guy and he likes being stressed out. I think he likes it I, I don't think he'll ever get away from it I think that's his jam yeah, he thrives on it. And
3: also, if you're going to take a choice of walking down Wilshire or walking through nature, there are no hot dog cards
1: in nature. <laughs> wow, that's a show title. <laughs> so but my favorite throwaway line of Wednesday was when they were plugging the picnic after all of this stuff about <laughs> Song of the Summer uh, and, and, and how much, how much uh, vitriol was going on there. I think it was Andrew who said, see you at the picnic, turds.
3: can i go on record as hating the term punch bowl tens punch bowl turds and hating a certain picture that one of the other very active tens posts every time that term comes up i think we can do better this is a safe space we don't need to hate anyone we're also not in middle school so i don't see the need to call anyone a turd
1: that's true and and i think it's very often an exaggeration. They're calling somebody a punch bowl turd when they just kind of mean like sand in your shorts. You know, right. it's like uh Always like ruining everything on.
2: for everyone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we know who that person is. We don't need to call anyone else I'm, that.
2: Well, I like to think of myself as a punch bowl 10, meaning I add the, the adult beverage to the punch bowl. Sure. I bring the fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's not be smirched the punch bowl with a turd let's and of course Christie
3: the, fun the is booze a fine riesling by chateau saint Michel, woodenville washington <laughs> august 19th right guys yes all right
1: <laughs> uh cory feldman was a was a thing this week i uh, cory feldman kind of missed me i guess because of my age i was a little bit too old to be you know into the corys or whatever um christy he, he's like right down your alley. What do you oh. think about
2: uh, what's
1: going on with Corey Feldman's life?
2: Um, well, I was very much into the Corey's, but sadly, the one that's dead. Um, I I think that he might have, have had a mental break a little bit. The fact that he's still dressing like Michael Jackson is so weird. It is. And it's it's like that was a time in his life that he looks back on – uh, with great admiration or something, and so he decided that he's going to stay there. Or does he think he's like living the Michael Jackson legend on or something? I have no idea, and it's super weird. And I've seen it because well, he was on one of those celebrity shows on VH one. I don't remember if it was rehab or lose some weight or right. stuck in a house. I don't know. It was one of those. <laughs> I like celebrity lose some weight.
1: <laughs> hey, welcome to Celebrity Lose Some Weight.
2: You just started an entire new
1: cable network for us. <laughs> hey, hey dummy,
2: lose yeah. some weight. And he like What's sometimes even wears the glove. I mean it's it's super yeah. weird. And I think that after the other Corey died that that gave him a, uh, even more of a break, mental break. So that
1: was the weirdest part about the story was the f- follow up story said that he was only supposed to appear and not to perform. Yet there were these ladies with the angel wings and there there was a stage. Like, does he have a van? What, what happens <sighs> here? Does he pull up and just say, I'm bringing a, bringing the noise tonight?
3: I don't think those ladies were provided by the state college spikes. So
1: it is very possible that he just sort of brought them along at the last minute. That's amazing. I actually really admire him now. If, if he got like a $15,000 appearance fee and then he just blew it all on the, on the stage, the background and, and all the equipment. What else we got for, uh, Wednesday Zeke's email, the Stanwood tens, which, which, uh, Stanwood 10 wrote in. Do you guys remember? Was it Dave, Gary? One of the ladies about being there at the Zekes,
2: we'll just say it was all of them,
1: yeah, they speak as one they speak yeah, they speak as-, as one they like Bobby said that they, uh, they said it wasn't as bad as Luke remembered, but um, I'm just gonna use this opportunity though to promote uh the next show. We are going to have Dave from the Stanwood Tens on along with uh Dana and they are going to tell a story um that's going to melt your heart. and But we aren't going to burn the Stanwood Tens in that. We're eventually going to have Dave and Gary on and tell the whole story about the best group of Tens that there is. They may not be the largest group, but they're the best. And I bet if they had a Facebook page, it would be tight. Um, <laughs> I'd like the Stens. Um,
2: you guys have anything else for Wednesday then? No, sir. I just well just real quick, um mm-hmm. Luke thinks every appearance that they do or every TBTL event is terrible. I've been to a bunch that he I mean even with the what's that place called? The it's the Chinese restaurant?
1: Mandarin. No, Gate?
2: the other one. Bush, Bush Garden Guard, Bush Even Bush Garden, he talks about that as if it was an absolute shit show. Um and it wasn't. I was there, I mean, what happened afterwards at his house, where he like almost broke his nose and has a permanent scar like that probably isn't so good, but the at the event, I thought it was fun
1: I think he well, just, I think as a broadcaster, I think he feels it gets away from him a little bit. a broadcaster or a podcaster because you have you have a different situation, you know you're you're off book can't control it, and you're trying to entertain. Um, the time bandit you know slash podcast listener, as well as the person standing there, and they're different purposes like when when we're doing our show, we're speaking directly into people's minds when you're out there, you're speaking into their faces and it's it's a different dynamic and it's a hard I think it's a hard master to serve for him and and I don't think he'll probably ever think that he's nailed it even when he more mm-hmm. or less has. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday, 1910, diagnosis offensive. Um, Luke went to the third eye blind concert at Marymore. <laughs> this kind of made me, um, uh, sentimental. Uh, the, the summer before I moved to Austin, Emily came up and stayed with me, have a drink folks. Emily came up and stayed with me for the <laughs> summer in Redmond and, uh, my apartment was right above Marymore park. So we got to hear the music when these concerts went on and you know it had me feeling a little sentimental a little homesick i guess um i i know as much about third eye blind as anybody i know the i know the hits um luke did not he does not partake in, in the weed but it sounded like something else was happening <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to have either
3: of you ever been to a third eye blind concert before no
1: no because I
3: have. It's been years, uh, but a friend won some tickets off the radio. And so we went back when I was living in Buffalo. And just to be clear, Luke not participating in the cannabis, the jazz cigarettes, whatever else <laughs> the they came jazz. up with on the show, <laughs> right, sure. um, right. that, that is an anomaly at that show. Uh, I was at an yeah. indoor show and uh, – the air was a haze by the end of the night. They were getting uh, down with the cannabis. But instead, he decided to indulge himself in a rare uh carbohydrate treat of potatoes. <laughs> sure. Because they come from the ground and give you an excellent uh feeling. They do. Yeah. They really yes. do. Yes. They do. Some sauteed wa-
1: potatoes. Wash them first, though, folks.
3: Well, you use a brush, you don't use water. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Okay. Right. All right. I'm learning so much. And Bobby As today. Andrew
3: put it, there were all kinds of white people <laughs> at the Third Eye Line concert.
1: <laughs> Tall, short, fat, skinny. That's right. There's a diverse crowd of white folks. <laughs> uh, the, actually, from Thursday, I wanted to tell a story. Did you all know that I used to be in prison?
2: No. Tell me more. What?
1: Well, I did some stuff and then I went to prison. And uh, eventually, I got uh, shipped just for my last nine months. I got shipped to a new joint that was opening up in Seattle called FDC SeaTac, which is a high rise um, for people that are awaiting trial or on their way out of the system. And, you know, I was stuck up there with the same basically the same group of people for nine months and we played a lot of basketball Um, myself and my roommate uh my sally jason who was who lived in blaine and was in prison for uh picking up bags of weed that were thrown across the border um he was my he was my running partner for basketball and then we played against this this guy who was a little taller than me uh, and his, his buddy who was his roommate, his selly, the skinny kid. And we'd play all the time. And then sometimes there would be tournaments where we would have to play against each other and we would always win. Me and Jason would always win, but it would be close. These guys were good. And I had a rivalry with the other big guy. Like we were not friendly. Um, the, we, we played basketball real hard and, and, I don't know. And people could sense it. There was a real like tension in out in the yard when, when we were playing these two on two basketball games. And, and then they would have tournaments where there would be prizes at stake and we'd win the prizes and there would be some hard feelings, but I never had the hard feelings with, with his, his guard, his, his point guard, his, you know, his running partner. I liked the kid. And I would often see this kid like reading some pretty serious literature he was probably nineteen or twenty years old. And this there came a time when there was not only a basketball tournament, there was it was some sort of um celebration where there were all kinds of tournaments going on, and one of them was a Scrabble tournament. And there were probably eight people entering the Scrabble tournament, and it came down to me and this kid in the in the finals. And I'm a pretty good Scrabble player. I'm not great, but pretty good. And this kid it was the best out of three and I underestimated him. I just thought I would just breeze and he beat me in the first game pretty easily. So what I had to do was I had to turn on the Scrabble game, you know, the old man game. You can't have fun if you want to really win in serious Scrabble. And I just started jamming up the board, scoring huge points with a few letters and just generally having no fun. And I, I beat him the last two games and I'm sure he would beat me now. I was 32 and he's 20. Um, but i'm i'm sure he's much better at it now and would beat me now but after the game was over he said he said um i don't mind losing but that wasn't fun and i said no nah, it wasn't um scrabble actually isn't fun when <laughs> when when you're trying you know when it gets serious and after that we we never played scrabble again but we we started playing dominoes, which is always fun. So there's a lesson for you, folks. Play dominoes, not Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the Luke Burbank camp
3: that Scrabble should be two people with a limited
1: grasp of vocabulary
3: and the rules.
1: <laughs> they, Those are the ones that are always having fun. You ever notice that? They're the ones that are having fun when you play games like that. People who who aren't, like, trying to use AA to get 79 points and some sort of a, <laughs> a jam-up extravaganza. Because, yeah. yeah, I can play that game, and I can win, and I love to win, but the the win feeling is a fleeting one. That just comes right at the end. But, uh, you know, having fun playing a game with someone can last for hours, so choose a different game. That's what I say. All right, moving mm-hmm. on. Uh... This was the day, Thursday, when uh, they decided to cut the baby in half, I guess. Song of the Summer Facebook winner is going to battle the official winner at the picnic. I think this is about as good a solution as could have been come up with. Uh, I don't think it's... The greatest thing but I mean I congratulate Andrew on coming up with any kind of solution at all that was going to make people happy because this one it halfway seems like it's going to make people happy what do you guys think I, I think it was a
3: reasonable choice under the circumstances mainly because it should make all of the people who are frustratingly annoying about this uh, just stay away for the next three weeks and live in their own little world and then together they'll get one spotlight at the picnic for like 20 minutes and that's perfect
2: Except for then then there's people complaining about this part of it, too, saying that if Game of Cats wins, then they're never going to participate in Song of the Summer ever again.
3: Oh, that's great. We can send them a first-class ticket to the gist.
2: <laughs> of course.
3: Again, everybody needs to calm the fuck down.
2: And uh, this is what I don't get why people get so passionate about Song of the Summer. It's not... the The winning song... It's not the only song you can ever listen to during the rest of the summer. That's how people are acting as if this song is what they ha- they personally have to play on repeat in their car. Hey, you know what's
1: you know what's what's pretty cool people is having a song that's really good in your head, having a song that's really good in your on your phone or in your car that maybe everyone doesn't know about. Um, it's nice to have secret songs. It's nice to have songs that mean a lot to you or you and a friend or a girlfriend or your wife and and everyone doesn't have to like it or know everything about it. Music can be very private. To me, it is. I don't hate music, but it's very private to me. Liar. And. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's okay. I don't need you to like my music. I It's like people need, it's like people are needing to be validated by Song of the Summer. You don't need to be validated. Your, your taste is better than mine. I admit that. I guarantee it is. Right. I've, let's not forget that in 2012,
3: which is a Song of the Summer playlist that I still have in my iTunes and pull back from once in a while when I'm looking for something to remind me of those good old days, um, the Polish song won. Right, And I don't think the Polish song is the number one song from that summer, even from the song of the summer playlist that everyone's going back and jamming out to every few weeks. But I do pull other songs from that playlist that I wouldn't have heard otherwise. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for some context right now, for all those people worried about Game of Cats winning, uh, two things. One, we did not nominate Game of Cats. No one from this podcast mm-hmm. did. I didn't nominate I any songs. I voted for it. I voted for it out of obligation on the Facebook page because I feel a certain uh umbilical steward sort stewardship. Of, yeah, yeah. I as I wrote on Facebook, I'm I didn't nominate it, but I'm so proud to see it taking its first steps without me. Uh Game of Cats is currently in third, behind second place Trying by Bully, the Steve Nelson song that he picked. And on top, by a good margin right now, is
1: Serengeti's Denahi thanks to StewBot's uh, aggressive lobbying. Well, wait until that uh, Game of Cats Super PAC money comes in. We're going to vault right back to the top with the old Game of Cats. Just be careful with Game of Cats family value stance because it's all
3: from the Koch brothers.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, Friday, number 1911, lovable jabronis. The StewBot would come on later in the show and create probably... The funniest to me, the funniest 35 minutes or so in, in show history. It seemed like it was tailored exactly to me and my old timey sports taste and my love of everything, food and snacking. But, um, first let's talk about ice. I mean, this, this is what's important, guys. Yes. Uh, Chris, Christy, what's your ice of choice?
2: Oh the the Taco Time Rabbit Turd ice cream ice the not pebbles ice cream. yes pebbles
1: <laughs> yeah mhm B-
3: bobby generally speaking i'm also one for the pebbles uh despite my love of brown liquor i really hate those giant orbs of ice that fancy pants uh bars give you now with your craft right. cocktail yeah um, they do
1: they have those those yeah. uh, giant like Japanese ice ball makers and such. Yeah. I just,
3: there's a certain amount of ice melt that I want in, especially straight alcohol. And I don't want to wait for it. So the crushed ice gives me that. And I'm really happy with it.
1: Well, the, the crushed ice, I don't know if you experienced this, Bobby. It's my favorite by far as well, but, but I do have a complicated relationship with it. Um, I didn't used to because I used to be clean shaven, but, when you have a, a mustache and you, you don't favor a straw, I, I just don't use straws. No. The crushed ice, you, you have to get quite a tilt and quite a pour to get the beverage in your mouth, which means that the ice and the beverage often rests against your mustache. And I know we're taking a trip to Gross Town here, but, but, uh, that's not a, that's not a good, good thing i don't want uh i don't want soda in my mustache i don't want a wet mustache even the water i don't want you know sitting in there so i'll just say this it is the the best for taste it is the best for uh, instant chill of beverages on the tongue but for um for hygiene not the best so fair enough and I've I've experienced that it's it's
3: mainly with alcohol for me. If I'm drinking a whiskey, I certainly don't want a straw. But if I'm drinking soda or something else, a soft drink, I usually do want a straw, and it's to avoid that kind of chaos.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to go straw, but uh, but let me just you know it it creates a problem. But I am glad we're all on the same page. I don't know if I could have continued on with you guys if we weren't all on our, all on the rabbit. Oh, I I just had
2: my dream happen in Eastern Washington. There's a drive-in that everybody goes to and they had a one of these giant coolers filled with that ice that was just a free-for-all that you could just take big scoops of.
1: Man, I would have loaded up I would have loaded up on that. Oh, I did. Yeah, bring some home.
2: Well, I mean it <laughs> melted <laughs> immediately as soon as I put it in the cup, but <laughs> that's the bad we, part about we that. We find ice. out on
1: on friday guys we we find out that uh not only is is pro wrestling not real but these guys aren't the awesome folks that that uh, we thought they were hulk Hulk hogan is a racist uh, these actors they're not what they claim to be I mean how many of these stupid stories have to come out why i I guess I just don't get it Bobby maybe you'll be able to explain it to me. Why do why does anyone over the age of eleven care about wrestling for one second? No, no, I can't explain that to you. I have no mm-hmm. fucking clue. Okay,
3: I, guess I never we'll liked. Just... I didn't even like wrestling as a kid, honestly, and I was no. an odd man out on that. And I just don't. I mean, it's a soap opera for rednecks, right? We're gonna right. get mail, aren't we?
2: <laughs> That's where, if they can actually type, if they can actually spell, um. Oh, that 's what I That's right stopped... guys aim it at Christie <laughs> I was a huge wrestling fan until I was eight, and that 's about when you should tap out
1: yeah, well, look at you using the terminology
2: <laughs> when, when I was a, a
1: kid a... uh when I was a kid, it was on t v only like late at night on the weekends, and it was the it was the local or it was the regional guys the regional wrestling federation in in the Northwest. And I would always go to another channel in favor of anything live, like UPS logger basketball would be on and I would watch that instead, or world team tennis would be on another channel. And I would watch that instead because it was real. There's no, to me, there's no drama in the drama because I'm a sports fan. Mm -hmm. I, the drama is in the competition. And if there's no competition, I'm not interested. So. Well, you know, I, it's there's storylines. That's
3: what we're not. We're not following. It's not just about what happens in the ring. Like I said, it really is a soap opera. There's all this yeah. nonsense about the families and the relationships. And they were saying what two of the guys got busted for breaking. What is it? K fab in that they, they were seen together, but they're supposed to be enemies who hate each other. And, you know, that's the part that we're missing out on. I think if we got fully invested in that and suspended reality, maybe we could enjoy it. Uh, but I just can't. I'm far too cynical to be able to think that way.
1: So I guess no more about wrestling. My favorite moment on Friday was when Luke had to go. He got a text from Carrie that said, <laughs> don't, don't be late, which I guess, doesn't happen very often because Luke, I guess, is always late, but he doesn't very often get told not to be late. So he knows when he gets a yeah. message saying not to be late, it actually means not to be late, which, uh, makes sense to me somehow. That makes sense to me. And he took it seriously because when he decided to, um, what do they call it? Uh, what do they call it when you abandon your jet? <laughs> I don't know. He, he, he hits the ejector seat. And Andrew tries to politely say goodbye to him. He's and gone. The mic, the mic, the mic just catches a, a chair. Spin, the squeak of its spinning yeah. chair. I like when he
2: said, "I have to go," but let's be honest, I'm probably gonna look at more stuff on the internet <laughs> for five minutes. Yeah.
1: ten more m- minutes of looking at Frank's St- pictures of right. Frank Stallone, and, and, and I'm out of here. Yeah, that that is something. Like Emily makes herself late all the time doing stuff like that. I hate to be late. In fact, I'm rarely, if ever, <sighs> late. But she's often late, not really, really late, but usually late because yeah, she's fucking around, looking at something or doing something that you know could yeah. could be done any
2: time. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's the same way. Yep. Yeah. It's like he is just. Is it frustrating is, for you? It's so frustrating because I'm. I'm on the on time early side. So I yeah. mean he'll be he'll take a shower and not realize he's been in there an hour. Oh, That's God. ridiculous well, he has
1: he has everything waterproofed, right? So yeah. he can like yeah. play words with <laughs> friends or whatever
0: yeah. in there.
2: He's on Twitter uh and uh, in the shower and then I just am like, What what why? Why why were you in there for an hour? That. And he's like, uh, by the way,
1: ladies, I don't want to blow up Jeremy's spot here. Well, let's face it, I do. But when your guy waterproofs his devices for shower use, uh, he might be going to Gross Town in there. <laughs> I feel like we've been outlining the uh,
3: the schedule and map for a Greyhound route in the middle of hell, Gross Town, Negative <laughs> I like it. We should write and these gonna, down. And, and the next stop is going to be a concept Pizza Hut
1: in St. Cloud, Minnesota. <laughs> <sighs> Absolutely. And and uh I want to go to there. I really want to go to there. I I'm not even a Pizza Hut fan, but um I always want to check out the new concepts. I want to see what the the big boys are are trying next. Like McDonald's is always trying weird things. Different stuff. Um, different concepts and pizza hut has been trying so many crazy things lately. It says, uh, here's, here's my inner restaurant nerd coming out. It says to me that they're in trouble. All the things that they're trying. Hmm. Um, and it's about time they deserve to be in trouble. You can only be America's number one pizzeria for so long. Yeah. You're going to get knocked off. Um, and, I, I really doubt that crust is butter. I think it's margarine. Anyway. I think it's just oil. Enough. Yeah, it is oil. You're right. You're right. It's vegetable oil. Yeah, I just think
2: it's vegetable oil. Yeah. Uh,
1: the hot dog crust. Mm -hmm. I want to try that. I actually do, but, um, but I think it's a different, it's a different situation than the pizza. I think I might just share it with someone who wanted the pizza and I would eat the hot dog crust. (laughs)
3: Um, My problem with the hot dog crust is actually that it looks to me from my research that it's not the uh, traditional Pizza Hut deep, uh, deep dish crust. Mm-hmm. We had this conversation right. when Luke went to a Pizza Hut, he got the wrong crust, and it's right. like you're going to go all the way to a Pizza Hut. It doesn't appear to have that sponginess to it. That a traditional yes. deep dish, you know, like that's what I'm there for. Put the mm. hot dog anywhere
1: else, but don't eliminate that part of the crust. That's the part I want. And what are they doing, suggesting the cheddar broccoli soup? The...
2: <laughs> what is that? It's something to dip
1: your crust in.
2: Yeah, anything not everyone can ranch. have
1: garlic butter.
2: Yeah, exactly. They all have garlic when, butter. When I go into the
1: Pizza Hut sports, sports bar, I, first of all, I always check the specials board. And then and then I try to find out from the waitress, what's the chef got going on back That's there. What's good?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of all these concepts and weird things that they're adding to the crust, why don't they just get garlic butter?
1: <laughs> it, it's a pride thing at this point. They yeah. don't want to admit that, that someone got the drop on them that badly. So uh since we're in my wheelhouse, I do have a
3: couple of, of other notes here. First Please. McDonald's. Uh there was a joke about sushi at McDonald's, and I guarantee that somewhere in this universe there is sushi at McDonald's. In Japan. It's just inevitable.
1: It's in Japan. Yeah. Oh yeah. definitely. Um Oh. There's sushi on the menu at, at any taco time outside of a fifty mile radius of Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's 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 how that's how bad their franchise agreement is. uh but uh
3: the New England McDonald's right now brought back something that they concepted last year. Um you can currently get a lobster roll at a McDonald's. Uh it's 7.99. 90- it's it's 7.99. Uh I've seen pictures, I've seen the marketing pictures and I've seen like the I actually bought one here's what it looks like pictures. It doesn't look horrible. I refuse. I just, we live in the ocean state. I'm not going to McDonald's to get in a a lobster roll.
2: And how much is a lobster roll at just a regular place? Uh, In the neighborhood of
3: 20 bucks. Oh, okay. It's a market market price thing. And it Mm -hmm. also depends on how big it is. It can really change a lot based on how hardy it is because, you know, it's so based on the filling being a certain price every day.
1: Well, do you get the when you get the lobster roll at McDonald's? Do you get the barbecue or the honey mustard dipping
0: sauce?
1: <laughs> um, no, you got to
3: get the hot mustard, but it's been discontinued, so you've got to oh, hunt around
1: for it. Yeah, Allers is shaking his fist at the
2: sky. <laughs> but do you have a do you have a drawer filled with the hot mustard?
3: No, because it's not my thing. Oh, okay. uh, but I do have several packets of Chick fil A sauce in my car right now. Okay.
1: <laughs> of course you do Of course um, another, you do. I
3: have a concept Pizza Hut note too uh, Right around the corner from my house We have a concept Pizza Hut I think there's only a couple of them in the country But it's called Pizza Hut Slices and Pies And they don't have most of the Regular Pizza Hut pizzas They do have some of the chicken wings and stuff um, But their thing that they're trying That's new and different Is they're hand tossing And cooking pizza And they're selling slices of it Meaning that they are finally now trying something that Italian immigrants have been doing for generations. <laughs> it's groundbra-
1: groundbreaking stuff from Pizza Hut.
0: But is there, is, terrible, by the way.
2: <laughs> is there actual well, pie? Is there actual pie? Well, pizza pie. Oh, you, know, you okay. got to
1: say it with a
3: the the accent. But they're just yeah. making they're making normal, not Pizza Hut style pizzas. That's it. That's their whole thing.
1: Yeah. Again, th-
3: yeah, these are death spasms. I agree. This is yeah. this is a uh, company in trouble. Why
2: don't they make a lobster roll pizza? They're trying to be pizza. all things
3: to everyone. I'm sure someone around here does it, but I hope to God it's not Pizza Hut.
2: Well, uh, I
1: think I have talked about everything I wanted to do, wanted to talk about this week. Other than just say, uh, if if you're listening to this StuBot, that was the funniest 35 minutes of TVTL <laughs> I agree. for clip clop. In history, so in history get in history that's
2: that's big words that 's big claims right there
1: hey, if you start if you go down the road of obscure sports references i 'm all the way in i 'm utterly charmed, and you 'll never lose me
2: I would say of the week that's that 's as far as i 'll go okay bobby yeah,
1: i don 't well, expect that you guys to be as all in on this part of it as me,,
3: Well, I do love a good obscure sports reference, but i 'm going to go somewhere in the middle. Uh, just because there are episodes from the early days I haven't heard. So I don't want to promise and then under deliver. Sure. Um, I have two notes from the week that I sort of been meaning to get to the whole show. Okay. One of them is from Friday and that is that Andy is officially growing out the beard.
0: Yes. Oh,
2: yeah. I'm, so I'm ladies. S- <laughs> yeah. I had
1: a note. No, Christy, that- Christy, weigh in on it for sure. Because I mean, your opinion is the one actually that matters here to Andrew. I, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: I had made a note that, uh, when I talked about the, the housekeeping for the picnic, that Andrew's beard will be attending the picnic. <laughs> and we're all very excited about that. I mean, not that he looked we terrible without it. We need to get the flight it.
1: info so we can uh, cat roll that beard on the plane.
2: <laughs> right. I, I, it, it's not that I didn't think that he was very handsome without it. I just prefer, prefer a bearded face, bearded lips. Oh, yeah. You saw him at the
1: Mariners mm-hmm. game beardless. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then
3: my other note, it's a its a note. I want to put Luke on notice, and I know he'll never hear this, but hopefully word will get back to him somehow. All this week, he's slipped in the occasional bro or bra talking about Andrew, talking about other people. At one point, he was doing an impression of the guy who punched the shark that was trying to cuddle him. And that's fine, but at other points in the week, like I think during talking about the Third Eye Blind concert, there was a bro or a bra, and I've sort of just had a little cringe every time that's happened. And I just want to remind Luke that if you wear a mask long enough, you become the man on the mask, and I don't want to see him take something that's a joke and just become the guy who says bro and bra all the time because it's really obnoxious.
1: Well, you can't be the only one who's noticed. So hopefully someone close by his side will, will uh, start elbowing him. I hope so for everyone's benefit. (laughs) Well, that uh, that's your week in review. Christy, Bobby, you have some house to keep.
2: Sure. The picnic is August 19th. They still haven't set a time. So if anyone has seen or heard a time, let me know and I'll, I'll start saying it here, but I believe last year it started at five or six. One of those. Um, don't forget to. I'll do. Oh, go ahead. No, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the song of the summer voting. You can go to tbtl net to, to vote there. And I just wanted to say Jen flash Andrews tweeted us and said what her song of the summer is. Is oh yes, Biscuits and Gravy by Casey Musgraves. So everyone should go and listen to that and see what you think.
1: Yeah, we should post that too to the LRB page okay. today.
3: I was just going to mention that the pod survey for TBTL is still up. That's podsurvey.com slash TBTL. Uh, go fill out the survey. Tell them all about your demographics and so all the things you like.
2: So we
3: Right. Tell them you already have your digital scale, so there's no sense in trying to pitch us with stamps.com commercials. Um, we also all have our audiobook, so audible, you're out. Um, this helps them find the advertisers that'll like us and it makes sure that the show gets paid for and, you know, that the guys keep getting to do what they do. So go tell them all about you so they can mine your personal data thoroughly. Podsurvey.com slash tbtl and make sure you mention Little Red Bandwagon as one of the other podcasts
1: you listen to. Because if you don't, and you're hearing this, you're emotionally dishonest and a terrible person if you don't put Little Red Bandwagon <laughs> in there. That's right. Uh, the Archive Project. I think I'm the only person who hasn't
3: actually pitched the Archive Project yet, so I'll take care of that. Yes. Go to the, the Little Red Bandwagon Facebook page or go to our website to learn more about the Archiving Project. We have heard from tens of tens about helping us with this. If you haven't signed up yet or you're not sure what you're talking about, here's how it'll work. Uh, producer Jeremy, in his greatness, is, is compiling a project to archive all of the episodes of TBTL history. We are relinquishing this responsibility from Infinite Guest and Cairo. We haven't Officially told them we're doing that, but we're (laughs) going to do our own thing. They've both tried. They've both failed. It's going to take the powers of TENS to do this right. TENS will take a, a set of a few episodes from the archives, joyfully listen back, and then fill out a quick survey about each one, telling us who the hosts were, who the guests were, any segments that were featured, things like that. Quick and simple. Not hard. You'll enjoy it, I promise. We'll compile all that data, and before you know it, we'll have a searchable archive of all 1900 and change episodes of TBTL. So uh, the information on how to sign up is on our website and on our Facebook page. Go find it there and join us uh, in making this world a better place.
1: And we're not asking you to do anything that we're not doing. Uh, We are going to be working on this project right along with you. In fact, we, uh, we did a test of it. Um, Jeremy came up with a forum and we all listened to a show, filled it out and gave him our feedback. So the, the, the form is going to be easy and you will have a lot of fun doing this and we'll be right there. We're rolling up our sleeves right along with you.
3: That's right. And we'll set you up with everything you need to go. It won't be hard. I promise. To get involved. Is that me? Yes, yes you. You got it. All right, guys. You can find us online as I just mentioned at littleredbandwagon.com and on Facebook, a clean, easy to read, thoroughly enjoyable curated facebook experience at little red bandwagon you'll see the things we post on the main feed if you scroll down and look to the left for posts to page you'll see posts from your thoughtful tens and wagoneers uh, and you'll see very little of the nonsense that goes on at the Stens page our personal twitters i'm at rl pape that's rl pape let me stop
1: you for a second bobby let me stop you for a second the stenz page Got even more interesting this week. The doll pictures are just getting kind of weird. Um, We knew mathematically that it was only a matter
3: of time before the (laughs) dolls started having sex, right?
1: Yeah. And I feel very, very left out of this phenomenon because we got the mugs over here. And I got my mugs yesterday. um, Today's Sunday when we're recording. I got my mugs on Saturday. And I spent hours yesterday trying to figure out how to make it look like they were having uh, (laughs) non-consensual, unprotected sex. But I can't crack this code. Just the picture just doesn't read. So, if any of you have any tips, you know, on how to how to take a super inappropriate picture with these mugs, please let me know. Well,
2: obviously, Uh, it's obvious how you do that, Mike.
1: You put your penis in it. Take it in the mug. Oh. Oh, there you go. That's your solution to everything, Christy.
2: Right. Mike's
1: going back to prison.
2: (laughs) Mike Put your penis in it. What my thing is, is that of course everybody made the dolls have sex. The first thing you do, right? You take off their clothes, you make them have sex, but you do not need to post a picture of it. Mm.
1: Yeah, be
3: respectful. Is that just me? I let them
2: have
1: sex.
3: Left out that I didn't do that. My dolls, the only time the clothes came off my dolls is when Jeremy took the pants off of one of them.
1: (sighs) Of course he did. Um, It's worth
3: noting, I have not seen a picture yet of the little Andrew doll wearing a pair of Dockers. So if somebody can get on that. All right. Now I'm getting mad. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Our personal Twitters and contact information at RL Pape and of course my website, robertpape.com. Mike, you're at Drew McFrizz on the Twitters. Christy, kissy eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. Jeremy, perfect place to send all those Dockers pictures, at Dadstronaut, D-A-D-S-T-R-O-N-A-U-T. You can also tweet at him if you want to help us out with the archive project, the show Twitter, which is basically also Jeremy, at L-R-B podcast, Shoot us an email at littleredbandwagon at com. If you'd like to get on this show, the best way to do it is with a voicemail. That's 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. That number also gets text messages, so feel free to send us inappropriate things you meant to send to your significant other.
2: <laughs> Who receives those messages?
3: I'm not sure, but we'll work on that, and I will make sure to respond accordingly.
2: Oh, and Christy, no.
3: how's prep going for the Nerd Out Loud 100th episode extravaganza?
2: Um, So far, this is how far we've gotten. Jeremy said, can you reserve some time to think about how we should format it? So, it should be great.
3: <laughs> it's like, like a summer movie
1: trailer. Be prepared for summer 2017. <laughs> That's quite a tease. <laughs> uh, you have me on, on tenterhooks over here. You're
3: asking for the nerds to submit some of their favorite episodes and clips, right? Yes. And for those of you who are unaware, the nerds are are the fans, listeners of Nerd Out Loud. If you're not a listener of Nerd Out Loud, uh, you can also find them at 10710.com. They're one of our sister podcasts, and it's worth going back and listening to, I would say, most of the original 99 <laughs> that are up there. Um, Start at 30. Even though I've not... <laughs> I've not been on an episode of Nerd Out Loud yet, but I'll still plug it. So uh, if you're a nerd and you're hearing this, let Christine and Jeremy know one of your favorite moments from the show, and I'll do the same. I still owe you some thoughts on that.
1: My favorite moment on Nerd Out Loud was the episode where I was on, and I want to come on to talk about that episode where I was on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a date.
2: <laughs> all right, guys. That's all I have. Until next time, this is The Next Party.
1: Uh, We love you, Jen, and we will pump up that song for you. That's right.
3: And everybody else, calm the fuck down. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Aiden.
0: Taking down
5: your neighbor won't take you any higher. I burn my own damn finger poking Someone else's fire. I've never gotten taller making. Someone else feel small. If you ain't got nothing now to say don't say nothing at all just hold your own
4: For a word from our sponsor. Mind your own biscuit mix. Whether it's breakfast time or dinner time, it's always better to mind your own. So